Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, August 16th, 2021. It is 2.49 p.m. here in San Diego, California. And today on the show, no guests for today. No guests, but we wanted to keep the train going. So what I thought we would do is do the top five biggest moments or biggest storylines, biggest headlines, top five biggest things that have gone down in the UFC this year so far at least. And this is in the world of Bo, by the way. Um, otherwise, it may not make sense. These are just things that have kind of caught my attention, things that I found really interesting. Uh, big moments, storylines, injuries, whatever it might be. Uh, this is just what I thought we could do. And we're going to try and do it in five minutes or less. So in order to do that, we need to keep this thing going. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the top five moments, according to Bo Templin, in 2021 so far in the UFC... This is In The Fight. This is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. All right, so at number five, this is probably the one that I'm going to get a bunch of eye rolls from people and, you know, people who are all high and mighty about, oh, I'm a, I'm a real MMA fan or I'm about, you know, proper combat. Uh, number five, Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware that Nate lost. But at the end of the day, this is he's one of the reasons I got into the fight game at all as a fan. He's one of the reasons I fell in love with the sport and watching him continue to fight and put on a show and be entertaining to this day is really exciting. For 24 minutes, Nate Diaz was an inferior fighter. And, he, you know, he probably still is the inferior fighter to Leon Edwards. At the end of the day, Leon Edwards got the W. But I think coming into the fight, people didn't realize how good Leon was, how big, how athletic, how well-rounded Leon is. And Nate was going to do his absolute best, and, and a win would have put him in a really good position. But at the end of the day, Leon was the better fighter. And those first 24 minutes showed that. However, with a minute left, Nate Diaz does like the unthinkable, lands a monster one-two, shocks, rocks, cracks Leon Edwards with a minute left in the fight and wobbles him. And just even the excitement of that last minute was really something that I don't know if I felt the rest of the year. So thought it was worth mentioning. And that is my number five spot. Leon Edwards wins the battle, but I, I think Nate Diaz might have won the war. All right, at number four, I'm going to go with Dustin Poirier's year. Um, obviously, the first fight with him and Connor goes down on January 23rd. I think, you know, the second fight going down on July 10th. This was a big year for Dustin Poirier, um, for, I think for two reasons. So one, physically. Physically, two W's. Two monster paydays for Dustin. Huge, huge paydays. And when you see the guys that have grinded in their careers for so long, the in and out, like the day in, the day out, guys, that's been Dustin Poirier taking fights when he didn't need to, taking the hard fights, never shying away from anybody. Seeing those kind of guys get paid is the absolute best. So I'm happy Dustin got the two red panty nights. But what's really cool is seeing... Yo, you can get better over time. 
you can grow. That's the cool thing about martial arts. The, the goal is to get better, to be better than yourself the day before. And in January, Dustin rocks McGregor, KOs him in, in really incredible fashion. And then in the second fight, you know, obviously it ends in a more bizarre fashion with the leg break. But even leading up to the leg break, Dustin was was putting on a clinic. Clearly strong. Clearly not afraid of the boxing from McGregor and and was willing to go to war with him. Right now, how could you argue that Dustin doesn't have Connor's number? Brilliant stuff. Great year from Dustin. And it's something you love to see. That is my number four. At number three on the list... Man, oh man, it feels like it's kind of already gotten forgotten, and I, I can't say Corey Sanhagen's whole year makes the list because of the, the loss to TJ Dillashaw, but it was such a close fight. I think he's still right there, in my opinion. Um, again, my opinion doesn't mean shit. I'm just here to kind of give the perspective of the average Joe, but at number three, Corey Sanhagen's flying knee knockout against Frankie Edgar, by God, I mean, in the opening, what, three months of the year for the UFC, we had some of the biggest moments I can honestly recall of the last like three or four years in the company's history. And Corey Sanhagen's flying knee was all of that and more. It was violent. It was it was purposeful. It was tactical. And it sucks to see it against a legend like Frankie Edgar because He's so well-respected, so beloved by the MMA community. But at the end of the day, like Corey Sanhagen delivered one of the best finishing blows we've probably ever seen. You know, it uh, uh, feels like a lot of sometimes the crazier knockouts that maybe happen in the UFC aren't um, on purpose. They're, you know, really intense. They're very violent, but the, they're not with so much intent they can be intense but there's not as much intent and Corey Sanhagen's had fucking intent he knew Frankie was getting close he knew that that's what he wanted to do he wanted to make it ugly Corey didn't let it happen prepared and executed Corey Sanhagen flying knee knockout against Frankie Edgar comes in at number three at number two on my list first week of the year and it's, it's not just the performance itself. It, it's a lot of things. But watching this happen on ABC, right? Week one of the UFC year, they have their first broadcast on ABC, on Channel 10, right? ABC, you know, home, home of the wide world of sports and, and the legends and the history that goes into it. It was great to see the gold jackets that they need to bring back and, and hearing John Anik's voice doing the call on ABC. But what Max Holloway did that night is unforgettable. As special of a performance as we got, you know, Holloway's coming off of the loss against Volkanovski, the second one, and you don't really know where he's supposed to be. It's kind of a limbo area for Max Holloway. You've lost to the champ twice. You're clearly the best contender in the division, according to most accounts. And Calvin Cater comes in as a really tough, savvy vet, really good boxer that was the that was the narrative coming into the fight was you know Calvin Cater really good boxer really good boxer and Max Holloway puts on one of the best clinics of the year right Max Holloway puts on a fucking show most significant strikes landed in the UFC's history one of the best performances we've ever seen let alone you know this year clearly you know a top three performance but 
yeah, must, must placement um, in the top five moments of the UFC this year so far. And that is my number two is Max Holloway's record breaking career defining performance win over Calvin Cater. And number one on this list for my best moments in the UFC's year so far. It's actually kind of a double whammy. And so I'm, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit by saying this. But UFC 261 was one of the most memorable nights in the UFC's history, at least from my standpoint, you know, and, and again, this is my list. I'm not saying this like definitively by any means. I'm just giving you from my perspective on the year. UFC 261 is as memorable as it gets. Uh, we got a really violent, unfortunate injury to Chris Weidman. Um, and while it was awful and terrible and it sucks because Weidman is so loved, it's memorable and in all the worst ways, really. Um, Anthony Smith gets the, the leg kick win against Jimmy Krupp. Um, Valentina Shevchenko just continues her run of dominance. Clearly no one can touch her. But at UFC 261, co-main event, Wei Li, Nama Yunus. And it was one of the most impressive KOs I've ever seen. Um, this will be discussed at the end of the year as, you know, potential knockout of the year, performance of the year. But what Nama Yunus did, and I had Robin Black on the podcast the week after. I just had him break down, you know, what he saw in that knockout in the head kick. Because at, us at home, we don't know what we're watching, right? Like, we just saw a foot hit the head. We don't know how it happened. But Robin Black's explanation of the head kick changed everything for me for the rest of the time i'm gonna look back on that as like wow we don't know shit at home that kind of explanation really opens your eyes and, and expands your thinking as like man we we don't know what's going on maybe we should hold back on our criticism maybe we should hold back on our strategies as as we're watching shit at home uh nami Yunus lands the head kick regains her belt and on most nights in the ufc that's the type of uh knockout that overshadows the main event but in the main event we just had a hell of a scrap a fucking great you know set of dance partners between Kamara Usman and Jorge Masvidal and this was a night where everything came together for Masvidal you know obviously he's a winner he's tough as shit he's an incredible wrestler like I'm not saying anything special here but when he joined forces with Trevor Whitman and, and Justin Gaethje training in Colorado, he was evolving his skill set. Now, I'm not saying anything that's next level or that people don't already know, but that violent knockout of Jorge Masvidal should open your eyes. You should look at him and say, wow, we might have the pound-for-pound -pound fighter, and if he's not one, he's certainly one too. He might be one of the best skilled most well-rounded fighters we have ever had in the history of the sport and watching him deliver that knockout blow to Jorge Masvidal was memorable to me and I think I don't really need to explain much more about why that is my number one for uh most memorable moments nights of the year for the UFC all right ladies and gentlemen that's a wrap on this week's episode just wanted to get some out for you guys just as we're kind of at the halfway point what's drawn our attention what's what's garnished our our attention what's had our eyes what's what's had our imagination really more than anything and the ufc is a it's a sport mma is a sport and the company is a sport 
that is filled with great moments. You need those great moments uh, to capture the audience. And this year's had it so far, undeniably. No way you could say otherwise. So, you know, when uh, December rolls around, I'm always really excited to see what people put on their list of, you know, best knockouts of the year, best performances of the year, stuff like that. So it was fun looking back on what we've had in the first half of the year so far because it has been loaded and I cannot wait to see what is left for the remainder of the year in the UFC. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out this episode. Coming back next week, exciting guests lined up in the near future. Some celebrity boxing type stuff. This is In The Fight. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.